Hey, dude, this dog like stinks, man. Okay, groomer, do something about it, man. you pet stylists you found the groom pod welcome to our virtual salon my name is Susie, and i'm your host i'm a mobile groomer from seattle washington and anyone who knows me will tell you i love to talk especially about my job one of my favorite people to talk to is my friend and mentor and co-star of the show miss barbara bird hey Susie. Let's get the show on the road. Take two of our intro. (laughs) Well, uh, you guys, to let you in on a little secret, someone who shall remain, well, probably not nameless, but I forgot to hit the record button. So we did a whole intro to the show, probably went 15 minutes, got none of it. And you know what? We're not going to bother to re-record it. So this is a new intro and it's brought to you by Groomore Software. If you haven't found Groomore, you're missing out. Groomore is an all-in-one software solution for your grooming business. Whether you are a solo mobile groomer or manage several shops, Groomore has everything you need. 24-hour online booking and forms, routing, credit card processing, reminders, Google Calendar and QuickBooks integration, and so much more. And the best customer service anywhere. Shop mobile or house call, Groomore has you covered. And they're giving us a free month. Just enter GroomPod22 in the coupon code. They've got a new pricing system that they've built into their software. You might check it out. You guys, really cool, brand new. People are liking it quite a bit. And welcome to episode 382 of the Groom Pod, recorded on August 6, 2023, for the second time in Snohomish, Washington and Tucson, Arizona. This podcast is brought to you by our listeners and by Best Shot, Show Season, Evolution Shears, Groomore, and Stasco. If you guys want to be part of the gang, you can do so by going to our website and joining us on Patreon for a subscription or one-time donation at the donation button. This week, we're going to talk about pre-booking and no-shows and fragrance allergens. We've had a couple more donations and a new Patreon subscriber, Barbara. Even though I screwed up that whole beginning part, I definitely want to get these names in there because we have a new Patreon person named Tara Stewart and... Two donations, one of them from Doris Serino, the other one, a second donation, Barbara, from Deborah Carlson Reason. Two big substantial donations for you. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you, everybody. Yes. You don't know how much this help means to me. It's just, it's like life and death. It just means so much. I'm so grateful. So to summarize what you guys didn't get to hear... Barbara's feeling better. She made an adjustment in her medication and her brain is coming back to life. So that's exciting. We are using your money to help her pay her bills and clean up her house and all kinds of neat stuff. So we appreciate that. Want to keep you in the loop. And I got to watch the Blue Angels do a show from a grooming appointment. And that pretty much wraps up in like three sentences the last 15 minutes that didn't get recorded. So we are actually going to kind of move right on to our first appointment. 
Let me tell you about Best Shot's newest addition to the Ultramax Pro line. Ultramax Hair Hold is a flexible hairspray that can be layered on for a stronger hold. Ultramax Hair Hold Spray is great, but my favorite new product is called the Max, and I won't groom without it. It's a fragrance-free, ultra-concentrate conditioner and detangler. It reduces drying time and handles undercoat and tangles like magic. Just a few drops in the final rinse or spray it on and dry it in. Contact your favorite Best Shot distributor or learn more online at bestshotpet.com. Grooming success begins with Best Shot in your tub. Made from the best stuff on earth. Ready, groomers? Here comes our first appointment. I had a cancellation this week. It was one that rescheduled from another appointment, a regular client, one of my biggest tippers. And she was gonna have to come at two weeks to get back on her regular day, and then four weeks, and she just decided to skip the two-week one, which I totally understand. It completely screwed up my whole day, though, because I had a nail trim in her neighborhood I had to move that appointment because it didn't make sense for me to drive 20 minutes away from my house, do a nail trim, even if it was 40 bucks, and then drive home. It just didn't make smart sense. So I had to adjust the little landslide that happened when they rescheduled. But for me, I'm pretty flexible about that stuff because I'd say 90% of my people pre-book their appointment because I don't really give them another option. Do you do a lot of pre-booking? Do considerable rebooking, but I have one client, for example, that pre-books but never makes it. And so that's that's almost worse than not pre-booking. And it's a situation where I understand. I'm so glad I've reached the place in my business where I can be real flexible with my client scheduling. For example, uh, he has two toy poodles. I've been doing him now for close to a year, and the daughter sometimes books the appointment. Sometimes he books the appointment. He seems to go out of town a lot. He'll get his reminder and text me and say, I'm not in Tucson, I'm in wherever and something, and then whoops that. And then he'll make another appointment and won't make it. So like a repeat offender. Yeah, but look at this. Last time his excuse for missing his appointment was that he got crashed by a drunk driver and both he and his wife were in the hospital and the wife is on life support. I remember you telling us about that. Remember about that? So that's an excuse. You can't get more valid can't you can't get firm about that i did the dogs he doesn't remember it but he came in and said hello and said he had gotten out of the hospital well i just just now it's been like over eight weeks he texted me and said wife is still in on life support the hospital had tried to pull the plug two months ago And the family just refused to let that happen, give her a chance to fight this and come back. Well, the woman has been bedridden for the entire time that I've dealt with a family. I don't know. They just can't say goodbye. You know, it's. Yep. Sometimes it's hard. Worse worse than 
your favorite dog. He's getting it. He admits that the dogs might need two sessions. Well, that's good. So he he's prepared to pay the price or, you know, rebook me, you know, book two different appointments to get it done. And then he said, and, and so I gave him his requested date. And then he says, please remind me the night before. So that's him telling me that even my two day before automatic notification is too long that things can slip even with that. So the customer is like taking responsibility without my being nasty and punishing him and all of that, you know, and I'll probably kid him about it when he comes in, thank him for getting it. I laugh it off and we'll laugh together and we'll be stronger yet. I totally get the short attention span thing because I have to drive my garbage out to the road and I have to do it in the trailer. So my driveway is about a quarter of a mile. So I'll at the house, put the garbage in the trailer and then listening to a podcast, driving up the road, I'll forget the garbage is in the trailer and I'll take it with me on my grooming appointments. <laughs> I have to take it in and out of the car. I set it next to the door. This happens to me all the time. So I get it, especially when you're pre-booking those appointments weeks, maybe months, in my case, sometimes two, three months in advance. You've got to help these people remember. So I have a very small amount of cats or occasional appointments that I let just call me and I will put them in in spots where I have available. But I would say the majority of my people are secretly booked out on their regular day if they're regular standing appointments, 30 appointments out because that's what Groomore will let me do. So my appointments are pretty regular, like every day kind of repeats itself. I've got everybody mashed up together so the schedule works, with the exception of when somebody changes their appointment like last week. I don't book 30 appointments out. I only book maybe four appointments at the most, or if it's every two weeks, I'll, I'll do six appointments, three months worth of appointments. Because although my customers are regular, they have lives that are likely to interfere with them keeping an exact schedule every month. I'd rather than deal with losing the appointment two days before or um, missing an appointment, I just try to, you know, like I'm trying to make it easy on myself. I just leave room and I can leave room for life to happen to my customers and I'm glad for that. And I understand people who have a situation where they can't give that kind of leeway. I'm very flexible. I am probably way more flexible than most mobile groomers are as far as rescheduling. And I do not tell my clients their next 30 appointments. I only give them their next one appointment. And if they need flexibility, I massage it around. But in my case, I would much rather have them have a place that we then need to switch around by a few days or something like that, then not be on my schedule. Because right now I'm booking like six weeks out. My next appointment is six weeks from now. That's bad if you've just decided to call me for a random appointment in the middle of the summer. You can't get in for six weeks. So this way I've already got a spot for them at their normal interval. And for people, 
in mobile grooming, most of them are elderly or are homebound or in some way around their house. So for me, it's a little easier to give them a regular day, Monday at 1030, Monday every four weeks, Monday at 1030. And then they schedule their life around me because it's all about me. I'm the important one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it makes them easier to, it's easy for them to plan their doctor's appointment if they know that every fourth Monday at 1030. Yeah, I try to keep my customers on, on the same time. But um, the groom more tells me right away that I've got somebody else already booked for that time slot. That's why I book 30 appointments out. And, then, and sometimes before they get their final reminder, I'll see that I've scheduled a day that's not going to work for us. And so I'll move, I'll ask somebody, you know, you're scheduled at 10, but I've got two others scheduled at 10. Can you come in at nine? You know, I'll, I'll do like that. I, you know, it requires more contacts and freaking time, but it, it works the best for me. Do you use the groom more rebook or book ahead option? No, because I've already booked them out 30 appointments. So I'm just going for next appointment and writing it down and letting them know when it is. And most of the time, there's not many conflicts because it's the same day, the same month, you know, same interval. So they kind of plan for it. Just like a, like if you're having a piano lesson and your day was that specific day, they kind of plan around it. But if they would choose to be an occasional or a, a call for the appointment or a change every time, I will just give them one appointment out instead of 30 appointments out. Well, of course, I never let them know that. But in my schedule, I will just give them one appointment. But that keeps the other people who have the 30 appointments on their day without conflict. It's all stuck in there, standing appointments. Uh, everybody else, I work around the already standing appointments. And then if somebody needs to change, we do it individually. So it works for me. But I don't really give people a different choice. I just say... I'd, I'd rather have a spot for you and have us have to change it than you not have a spot at all and have us have to shoehorn you in. And people are very receptive to that. And I, because of that, am very receptive to them canceling or changing their appointments because I've just given them one. That's key. What you're saying is when you understand their needs, they'll understand your needs. And if you get rigid and disallow life to happen, they're going to get rigid with you. Right. You know, so, I mean, you know, like that stuff, what goes around comes around, you, you know, and I... Uh, I'm very happy to add someone at the end of a day so that they can make, so we can make their change and accommodate their lives. Absolutely I like to be flexible. Everybody here who's listened for any length of time knows that I do a very specific happy dance when someone cancels because I'm always scheduled so tight. So it works really well for me. I do not punish people for changing, but there is a big push in the especially mobile industry to charge cancellation fees for last minute cancellations. I don't do it because sometimes I have to cancel at the last minute, not very often. I'm not big on canceling and I'm not big on changing appointments. But if I did have to, I really want people to be thoughtful 
and allow me to do that. So I'm thoughtful and allow them to do that. And I let them know that. Yeah, I, I, the, the most no shows that I have are new customers and that pisses me off. And, you know, like what I want to do is send them a text. Hey, you fucked up my day, motherfucker. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I totally get it. As a matter of fact, that's what brought up this conversation. That's what you want to say. But what do you say? Exactly. So we have a, a local mobile group that I'm involved with. And one of the girls was talking about new clients and opening up her business to take new clients again and how annoying it is when they no-show. And I'm thinking when they no-show, they're actually letting you know that they're not a good option for mobile grooming. And you've sure you've lost an income for that one appointment spot. But in a bigger picture, you've got room to take someone who is generous and thoughtful and loves their pet and loves their groomer and just let it go. So for me, it's a big red, hello, you know, I'm not worthy of you. And then out the door and never look back. And yeah, there's a little lost income. I don't hang on to that stuff either. And I don't send them that awful text. Uh, if I do send them a text, it will be, a, sorry, you missed our appointment to groom, you know, Teddy. Um, I leave a card on their door. Yeah, I don't have any business cards anymore. Well, I don't punish them, but... I don't like to punish my clients. They pay my bills. Yeah, right. I just figure I dodged a bullet, you know, I, which right. is exactly what you're saying. Yes. You just figured, well, I'm probably dodging a bullet. And sometimes it's disappointing because maybe it's a dog breed that I get excited about doing or something or for some reason i'm i'm into it maybe it's a special needs dog that i you know think i can handle best make their life and, better yeah uh but if they if they miss it i just get pissed off and then let it go i i get pissed off about the loss of the money and there's always the option to require new customers to give you a credit card number and know that they will be charged 50% of the cost of the groom if they fail to make it to the first appointment. You I like that. that. I think that's a super fair way to do it for new clients is you just force them to make a deposit. And it can even be a small deposit, but just some kind of a good faith effort in their part that they recognize they're holding a spot in your client base open and that there's some responsibility with that. I like that better than trying to collect a fee after somebody no-shows. I have one customer who automatically <coughs> adds her own fee. Yeah. And it's because she has health issues that sometimes interfere with her ability to bring the dog. And even though I've... I've offered to go pick up the dog. Um, she would just prefer to cancel at short notice and pay me, you know, a cancellation fee. And that's fair if that works for you. That's fair, you know, and yep. I, I really respect that. And then it's just, and then the next time she comes in, she'll bring me a little 
gift. This time when she came in after short canceling an appointment, she bought me, brought me a gift in the gift bag, and it's a little book of poetry called Dog Songs. Oh, cool. And it's about, you know, it's people writing little poetry about their dogs. It And it's so, it's so poignant. Very nice. Thoughtful. No, yeah, but it's 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 beautiful, and um and thoughtful. Yeah, I don't want to live in a place where I can't cancel an appointment if I need to. I had to tell my appointment that always brings me a, a bottle of wine because her dog is really difficult, and she heard on the podcast that I appreciate the the vino when it's a difficult dog she's been bringing me a bottle of wine and i had to and she does it you know like sort of like the dog gifts me the gift you know like yes mulligan the gift you know and i had to text her and say oh pam we've got to tell molly that i can no longer have the bottle of wine because uh, my doctor took me off all alcohol, and then was, and you so don't know sad. I enjoy a couple of glasses of wine after a hard day. So she says, "Well, what can we do instead? How about chocolate?" And I said, "Or ice cream. That works." So she brought me chocolate ice cream. Nice. Well, that helps. But it <laughs> You know, like, I just can't get, I think the reason that they want me to go off of all alcohol, besides that alcohol interacts with medications, is that I'm on blood thinner, and if I fall and cut myself, I'm likely to bleed out. So, you know, like, I really can't fall, which is like scaring the shit out of me, by the way. You know, talk about your taking out your trash. All I have to do is wheel the trash. Well, I have to put the trash in the bottle, which means I had to walk outside and put, I mean, in the in the, in can, the can. In the in the can. And but that means I have to walk outside, keep the dogs inside, walk outside and throw it away. And then I just have to wheel it to the curb. Um and I'm scared to do that. I get it. Rightly so. Because you can't. I've fallen, I've fallen two times in front of my house. So now I'm scared to freaking take the trash to the curb. I get it. Yep. Wow. Well, Don't uh, get old. Yeah. It's a bit. Yes. Yeah. Like I said, <laughs> getting older isn't for the faint of heart, but the alternative is worse. I have to ask for help. Yep. And I. And I'm, I'm about to ask my neighbor that owns the property behind me if he wouldn't just haul my trash cans to the curb when he puts his out. He seemed like you an know? okay dude. I bet he would do that. Mm. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But he, you know, like his time is like worth a thousand dollars an hour or something. And he always lets me know. Yeah, well... But we'll see. Okay. I, I, but I feel like it's it's 
it's a it's a possibility. Well, talking about needing help, for years I called everybody the night before my appointments to either called well initially called and then switched over to text messaging people as that became more prevalent but I did it myself I actually entered every message and said and you know with me with diary out of the mouth every phone call would take 10 minutes every text would take another five and it was sucking up a lot of time but with the new softwares that are available including the one that we advertise grew more software they send out these reminders without you having to do anything it's such a blessing i'm so grateful for that but i tell you you can go a little too far with the reminder thing like i made an appointment for my new kitten and they're going to send me a message a week before three days before and the night before i just send one out the night before i i send one out two days before because that gives me a little bit of time to find someone to stick into that time slot. Um, but uh, yeah, I I kind of wish I could do that individually. Like some people a week before, some people the night before. It's possible some you can. morning of the afternoon appointment. I've got one person. <laughs> one call. 10 minutes before they're supposed to head out the door. <laughs> he goes out for breakfast with his 90-year-old pals, I have to catch him before he goes out to breakfast to remind him he's got a two o'clock appointment for the dog. That's a lot of responsibility. How much responsibility do you think we have? Well, for me especially, I feel quite responsible considering I make everybody book their appointments so far in advance. So I always feel like the reminder call is a responsibility on my part, plus it ensures my income. It's not an inconvenience, it's an insurance policy. Yeah, I don't get these groomers that say, this is not my job. I, you know, like I shouldn't have to babysit these customers. No, everybody forgets. I mean, everybody forgets something somewhere along the line. You just can't assume that uh, everybody's going to remember and uh, 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 it's business. It, it's good business to remind. But I know my health appointments, my doctor's appointments, they over notify me. And then they want me to register for the appointment, pre-appointment. And it's just this page after page of what your medications are and what, you know, what your address is and all of this shit. You know, like, eh, you don't eh, want to be eh. intrusive. You just want to give a gentle nudge and say, hey, remember, you're supposed to be here at 1030 tomorrow or whatever. Yeah, I find that some people confirm and other people's notoriously don't confirm their appointments. And I know who doesn't and who does because I'm dealing with 100 houses. So on some people, if I don't hear back from them, I will send a personal text from my regular personal message saying, hey, I noticed you guys didn't confirm. New people, when I get them on my schedule, I let them know that I'd prefer they would confirm that appointment when that message comes through. But, you know, I'm flexible. I'm easy. Like you said, life happens. I don't want to be so rigid for dog grooming. It's certainly not like a cardiologist appointment. I should be, I mean, I feel like we should be flexible and kind to our clients because it's just the right thing to do. Do unto others. Golden rule. Well, if we're kind and patient with the people, 
they translate that into that we are kind and patient with their pets. They translate that. If we are impatient and inflexible, they also will translate that. I wonder from the owner's perception how they feel about that cancellation charge. What does that make you feel? Does it make you feel like the groomer feels like they're worthwhile and should charge that? Or does it make you feel like you don't want to go back there? I wonder how many people get another appointment with the groomer after they've been charged a fee. I guess you don't want them to come back. I've lost a couple with the cancellation fee. Uh, People were outraged. Sort of depends on the person. Some people immediately get it and say, you're right, hit me, you know. Uh, Other people say, oh, how can you? I've been with you for five years. You don't want to surprise that cancellation fee on people. You want to make sure they understand that that is a consequence before you go charging their credit card. That's the last thing I want to say. Let's move on to your classroom. What do you say to that? Let's move out of this subject. Okay. (laughs) Chris Bear Anthony visiting the groom pod again. Okay. So you know I love my Evolution Swivel Shears. And you even know that these customizable shears come in non-swivel as well. But did you know that they're the only ones I've been trusting my sharpening with for around 15 years? And that that's how we met? What? You haven't tried their sharpening yet? If so, send in your next batch of sharpening and you'll get one shear sharpened for free with a $75 order just for telling them where you heard about them. Your shears and blades will thank you. Sometimes my clients don't like a walking air freshener. When these crazy people request a scent-free option, I go right to show season. Show season true tearless shampoo and hypo conditioner fit the bill. They are totally fragrance-free and yet hold up on their own as good products. True Tearless has been expertly formulated to be gentle to the eyes, skin, and hair while maintaining good cleaning power. Hypo conditioner is a great option as well, and it's one of our favorite conditioners with or without fragrance. So let's get fragrance free. Use True Tearless and Hypo Conditioner from Show Season today. Go to showseasongrooming.com. Groomers, take your seats. It's time for Bee Birds Classroom. It's all you, Barbara. I'm sticking with this essential oils thread that I started a couple of weeks ago because um, I've been like digging into it a little bit. And I I wondered in July, July 27th, the European Union adopted the new set of fragrance allergens And among those fragrance allergens, they had like 54 individual components and 28 whole natural extracts. In other words, whole essential oils that have now been identified as by themselves fragrance allergens and can cause contact allergy in sensitive people. Okay, so that's 
that's raising from 26 to 82, the whole list. And um, I know that it's kind of freaky to see whole essential oils listed as the cause of fragrance allergens. And so I, I just kind of dug into it and I learned that these are human sensitizers. They're not, they have been, this has been established in the human population for animals. They have only established 18 individual um, substances or components and one extract as established contact allergen for animals. So this list does not necessarily refer to, to animals, except that ultimately it may. You know, they just haven't tested, they have tested thousands of people in the European Union countries for allergens. They have identified people who have this contact allergy predisposition, and then they patch test them with the new suspect component or suspect oil, and they see if they react to it. And if enough of them do, I talked to my new best friend, uh, AI. Oh, you talked to your new friend, AI. Artificial intelligence tells us a little bit about the process that happens by which a fragrance component gets listed as an allergen. All right. Cool. To get on the EU list of fragrance allergens, a fragrance component undergoes a thorough evaluation process that involves scientific assessments, data gathering, and expert reviews. The process is designed to identify substances that have the potential to cause allergic reactions in certain individuals. The steps include, and it goes through the whole whole steps. Um, and at the bottom he says, or she, is artificial intelligence male or female? Let's feminize it. Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. Let's call her her. Okay. Her says, it is important to note that substances are not automatically added to the list without rigorous evaluation. Only those substances that are scientifically proven to have a significant allergic potential and meet specific criteria are included on the EU list of fragrance allergens. This regulatory process helps protect consumers from potential allergic reactions while still allowing the safe use of fragrances in cosmetic products. So we don't have to fear all fragrances, but I'm gonna say something that will just blow you away. In a sense, because they have identified now 26 common essential oils, that are allergens in and of themselves, I just almost would rather have a synthetic fragrance. 
You just dropped a bomb. Oh, I thought you just farted. <laughs> no, I dropped a bomb. I was dropping a bomb. <laughs> Carry on. I don't do those things. I'm farting. <laughs> the first thing I noticed last week, I started looking deeper and taking this dive after we recorded last week's um, segment on eucalyptus and melaleuca. And I discovered that eucalyptus globulus oil is on this new 26 essential oils that are characterized as potential allergens. So we need to add that to our awareness. And, you know, melaleuca is not on that list. Although we do need to notice that melaleuca or tea tree oil contains the ingredient limonene, limonene, you know, as does eucalyptus oil. They both contain uh, small amounts of limonene. And so here's the deal. Different fragrances have different profiles with amounts of components. Um, if you get enough fragrances in your daily exposure that all have 3% limonene, you may just be getting enough limonene to meet the threshold of allergic response. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry, people. I started out, I was a solid aromatherapist and would prefer essential oils as fragrance over synthetic perfumes. But the truth is, synthetics can be engineered so as to not contain a substantial amounts of these allergen components. Essential oils just carry this. So let's look at, I'm going to give you an example of something. One of the essential oils that's on the list of allergens is an old favorite of mine, rose geranium. I think I have some of that in my trailer. Yeah, rose geranium, it, it would be, you would like it. It's one of your kind of fragrances. It, it's a little sweet. It's a little flowery. It's soft. Um, I, I love the fragrance of geranium. And it adds well. It blends with other essential oils real well. When breathed, it helps calm people or pets. And it brings a state of well-being and da-da-da-da-da. And it also is good for hair and skin and a whole bunch of benefits and everything. But here's the problem. Rose geranium, and you have to know that there are different varieties of geranium that are not necessarily the, um, there is a botanical reference that I got I to gotta throw in here. Pelargonium graviolens, pelagora. See, this is one of the reasons why aromatherapy people <laughs> and essential oil people have 
avoided talking about uh, the botanical references and the chemical components is because they're fucking hard to pronounce. (laughs) Definitely hard to pronounce. So you can put them in your written material. But if you're like giving a seminar and you're tripping over Bellardonium graviolens, you know, how many times you have to say that? And And it's not the only one. Citrus Arentium. All the citrus oils, by the way, are on this new list of potential allergens. They're some of my favorite smells. Citrus oils and limonene is one of the most common perfume and fragrance components because they smell good. Yes. But the Pelargonium graviolens flower oil, rose geranium, it contains three main components, citronellol, geraniol, and linalool. Each one of those three primary components is itself identified as a fragrance allergen. So geranium, rose geranium contains roughly 34% citronellol, geraniol, and 10% linalool. That's a bummer. So that's a bummer. And all of these components show up in other essential oils. So when you combine essential oils, you can actually be doubling or increasing the amount of any particular chemical component that might cause an allergic reaction. So playing with these lists, and and by the way, the EU, the European Union, list of fragrance allergens, the only thing it dictates is that these substances be identified on the label if they occur in amounts greater than 0.00, one for Levian products or 0.01 for rinse-off products. And you need to remember that these fragrances, we've got fragrances all over the place, cleaning sprays, detergents for the laundry, not to mention the pellets that you put in the dryer Those are all fragrances, and they can contain some of these elements that are fragrance allergens. So if you have a fragrance allergen, if you've been diagnosed with that, the labeling allows you to see that probably you shouldn't use this shit, right? Right. Well, the synthetic fragrances then, are they less likely to to be allergens just because they are synthetic? Yes, yes and no. Um, Synthetic fragrances often contain many fragrance components. There, by the way, there are 22,500 fragrance ingredients currently used in consumer goods, 
and perfumes, including cosmetics, detergents, fabric softeners, and other household goods. 2,500 components are fragrance ingredients. Of that, they can be little bits and pieces out of many different essential oils. So uh, synthetic fragrances have both laboratory derived fragrance components and naturally derived, separated out from essential oil components. So they can have both, but quote, natural fragrances are gonna be all from essential oils. And the engineered low allergenicity fragrances, which are popular now, can be engineered by making up your fragrance to not include any of these things that the EU has notified. And um, so by the way, it's not just the EU, the, the European Union did the work. They did the identification. They did the patch testing. They did all of that. In all of the EU countries, Turkey, France, Spain, you know, all of them. But these lists of fragrance allergens have been adopted by India, South Korea, the UK, New Zealand, Canada has an amendment pending. You know, the United States looks at botanicals one or two per year. I mean, it's slow. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah, it's slow, but it's not non-existent. It's slow, and it seems to me that that there was a new thing that uh, act that was passed that adopted the EU fragrance allergen list. Uh, I'll check on that. Okay. But, you know, I just want you to get that even a, a rather innocuous, I never saw geranium as a problematic. You know, I, I kind of understood that bergamot could be toxic if it was applied to the skin and it, the skin was uh, in the sun. Right, the light, knew, the exposure, oxidation. Yeah, there are the, but bergamot can also be cleansed of the chemical ingredient that causes the, the sun sensitivity. We learned that a long time ago. Who would have thought that Lang Lang oil would be a sensitizer? I, I mean, Lang Lang oil, it, you know, it, you just think of it, it's sweet, it smells good, it's seductive, it's relaxing, so on. I wonder if the people who live in the area where this occurs naturally and where their genetic history is that they've used this throughout lifetime. I wonder if they don't have the sensitivities that people do in places that aren't exposed to this stuff except for through essential oil fragrances and essential oils and stuff. Or do they have more? Right. I'd be curious to find out. These are questions that we will not be able to answer today on the Groom Pod. 
Leave it to Susie. Yes, but it's fun to ponder anyway. I'll open the door to a further deep dive. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, you know what? I'm just going to name um, lemongrass is another one that's on the list. You know, all the citrus oils, orange oil, and I want to, and orange oil is on the list for sure because it is almost. 90 to 95 percent limonene and one of the things that has happened to us in the uh that affects our grooming products is for years we've been sold a product for degreasing from from a company <laughs> that has denied that it had a potential for sensitization. Le Pooch. F and T. F and T. Thank you. Le Pooch, what, Flea and Tick, yep. F and T. Well, it was Flea and Tick. Then they pulled that off the name and just left it at F and T because there was some question about. Yeah, so it, they just kind of denied that there was any problem with the product. The product is 5% or more. I mean, these fragrance allergens have to be identified on labels in the EU if they contain 0.01 of rinse off or 0.001 of leave on products. And here you've got a product that contains 5.0% limonene. And a company that denies there's limonene in their product and maintains its California orange oil. Talk about insulting. It's insulting our intelligence. It's just screwing us up and screwing us over. They just maintain that there's never been a problem. There's no way established in our industry to report these instances of problems from fragrance ingredients or natural flea and tick ingredients that are the same. There's no registry. You see, when they started doing their research in the EU, they established mechanisms by which every dermatologist could report incidents, could report bad effects. They established a way to accumulate a body of knowledge. If you tell the company, who does the company tell? Nobody. Nobody. And they can deny it. Till they fall asleep. Yep. This is why we need full ingredient disclosure, people. It seems as though that I've turned from being essential oil lover to being an essential oil hater. And that's not true. I just regret that so much fragrance and essential oils have been utilized without mindfulness of any allergy effects or any possible side effects 
or any knowledge of chemical components. I achieved certification as an aromatherapist without doing any substantive study or learning of the chemical components of the essential oils I was using. This is actually one of the reasons why I get nervous when people bring me less than commercial products to use on their pets, like the shampoo from the lavender uh, farm that the one lady brought me that was actually a soap and it was really strong smelling. And I just wonder where do these people get the knowledge to formulate this stuff? It always makes me a little uncomfortable. And lavender, which has been assumed to be, it's kind of the gold standard of natural is better fragrance, lavender, and for babies and everything, it is on the list. Yeah. Specifically because of its main ingredient, its main component. Linoleum, whatever that one was. Linoleum, lanolin. Damn, I wish they would simplify these names. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My precious cognitive skills. Well, we'll get I'm, it back. Get them back. I'm going to get them back. I'm thinking about eating beets. Ew. Now that's going the route. Linolyl acetate. Linolyl acetate is the main component of lavender, and it is a sensitizer. You know, but lavender itself, there's been enough identified problems in the scientific community. Does it mean that I need to take that little tiny bag of lavender that's in my lady things, you know, that your grandmother gave you to put in there, the sachet of lavender? Sachet? No, that's not extracted. Okay. That's whole la dried lavender flower. Just checking. It's not going to hurt anything. Okay. What's happened is that essential oils are steam distilled to remove the essence of the flower, their blood, so to speak. Essential oils are the blood of the plant. Does that make any sense? Yep. I mean, it means that I don't have to throw my sachet away, so I'm happy. You don't have to throw your sachet away, but we need to be aware of these matters. We need to be more mindful groomers. And instead of jumping on board and throwing out artificial synthetic fragrance and doing everything with natural fragrance, we have to look at some of the most allergenic substances and fragrances are from the natural plants. I think we end on that note, huh? Yes, we'll end on that note, but I also want to mention one last thing, even though I'm not 100% positive that she'll hear it. But we have a grooming industry person who is not feeling well these days, along with you. And that is Donna Walker from South Park. And she's, no! been, she's been in the hospital. She actually just went home. So she's at home now. And I just wanted to send our love out to her. Oh, absolutely. I love that woman. I'll get in touch with her. Please do. And everybody, let's just throw some support her way. Some love. 
She's probably okay on the finances, but she needs the love. Everybody needs love. It's true. Everybody needs to know that people care whether you're still on the planet or not. When I'm not on the planet anymore, there'll still be a lot of written material that I've left you. Yes, So absolutely. Thanks, everybody. I love you. Love you guys, too. Thanks for being here. Happy grooming. See you next time on the Groom Pod. Bye-bye now. Bye. Take care.